Community-supported radio, 88.5 FM, KAKU. You're listening to the voice of Maui. Merry Christmas! KAKU 88.5 FM. You're listening to Dear Bestie, the positive and practical show about friendship. Because let's face it, people come and go, but besties are for life. Here are your hosts, Julia Wurst and Melanie Moss. Hello, welcome besties. It's actually just Julia today, unfortunately. Um, Melanie is studying for finals, writing papers, trying to pass all of her classes. So um, I've I've given her the week off. And um, so I actually have a guest in here today. And I am very excited. Um, My friend Leslie, my friend Leslie is here. And um, we have known each other for like four years, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, she's a Maui mama. She's a recent, recent graduate with her BA in exercise science and kinesiology. And she loves diving in the ocean. It's her happy place. And dance with the Army of Sass, mm-hmm. which is actually not just on Maui, guys. So if you go to their website, you can find maybe a class near you. And she has two beautiful boys who are four and two. So, Leslie, welcome. Hi, thank you. Hi. (laughs) So, today our topic is single moms, single parents, and creating that kind of mom group around you. And I just want everyone to know that um, single parenting, it doesn't have to be because you've split with somebody or gone through a divorce. It could be, you know, maybe you have a military spouse Mm -hmm. who's been deployed Maybe um, your spouse is just disconnected. Maybe they work a lot. And so don't think that this isn't for you. If you feel like you're parenting alone a lot of the time, it, um, I'm hopeful that you'll get something out of this yeah. uh, broadcast today. So, Leslie, hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> She's nervous, guys. First time in the studio. It's fine. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. It's a little overwhelming. So I want to talk about, I think I talked about how we met in a previous um, show, but I'm just going to tell everyone because they're not going to remember that story. <laughs> um, but I was, you were pregnant. Yes. And I was pregnant, but Leslie's firstborn is a little bit older than mine. So when I met Leslie, we were in like a little store, a little restaurant. The market. The market. Yeah. And she was standing there. I don't know. I had ordered some food. And she's standing there in this like crop top and (laughs) like yoga pants. And I was like, this woman has the most beautiful pregnant belly I have ever seen. And she's rocking it, guys. So we just started up a conversation because, Leslie, you'll talk to anybody. I will. Yeah. Yeah. And, um... The thing that happened that I think was just kind of serendipitous that day was you literally wrote your name and number on a piece of paper and handed it to me. Yeah. And I don't really know why you did that, but I think I, cause I didn't really look pregnant at the time. You were kind of surprised that I was pregnant Mm -hmm. and I didn't, I didn't really know any other moms. I was still working. I was very disconnected to the community. 
Were you just fairly new on Maui too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was pretty new. Maybe um, maybe a year. I've only oh, okay. been here about a year. Maybe less. And so you were so just welcoming and mm-hmm. open and you were like, well, call me, you know, and I took your number. And <laughs> did you think I was crazy? For no, 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 okay. no, no, no. I did not think you were crazy. I was like, oh, this is great. I just, I don't know anybody who's mm-hmm. going to be a mom. I, I literally like don't know anybody except for the people that I work with. And so I went home and it, that number may have stayed in my purse for a while, but then I found it and I, I literally, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I put it in like a special drawer. <laughs> so I lose it. That's awesome. Don't worry guys. I didn't put it in my phone where it would have been safe. <laughs> I put it in a drawer and, um, because I knew you were going to have river. river soon. I didn't call you for a really long time. And then when I finally called you. You guys, she pretended like she remembered me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't remember you, right? <laughs> Did I ask you at some point? Was I like... No, I don't think you told me for years. You had my number. <laughs> Wait, what did phone. I save you as? <laughs> like shop girl. Oh, market girl. Market girl. Market girl. <laughs> I just recently changed that. I know. Just like in the last six months. <laughs> I know. And I was like, oh, that is a true... That's just someone who is like has a truly good heart because... It took a lot of guts to call you for me to call you that day. And when I called you, you I think River was what a month old? Young. Young. Really yeah. young. And I was struggling. And you were struggling. Yeah. And you said, Do you want to come over? <laughs> Help, please. Help. And I didn't you know, I'm me being just oblivious to a lot of things in life. I was just thinking, oh, okay. <laughs> This is going to be fun. Yeah, this is going to be fun. And I went over, and I still didn't realize you were struggling with mm-hmm. some postpartum stuff that we'll we'll get into. But um, I just remembered River just being the most beautiful baby he I'd was. ever seen. Cherub. Just these angelic, bright, wide blue eyes. And <clears throat> I was like, oh, my gosh. If, if I mean, if my kid is even half as good looking as this baby... <laughs> can we get them you know and they did hang out for a little while we have some cute pictures of them together yeah we were trying to get some kisses and and be being like no actually i think they did kiss at some point i think i'm sure (laughs) river passes out the kisses freely yeah he's he's a little lover so um so that was kind of our introduction was, and I didn't, then I didn't, then I was. Emer- then I didn't hear from you. Because I was emergency flown to Oahu to have B. Well, yeah. And I saw you the day at the Kula market. Okay. Um, the yeah. day that you got flown out actually. Yeah. I didn't know that I was going to be taken. Yeah. Yeah. It was a total surprise. So we, um, yeah, we didn't, then we didn't see each other for a long time because oh, life was. Crazy. crazy. I was on Oahu for five weeks and then I had this preemie and, you know, you're dealing with your baby. And finally we reconnected and you're the reason I joined the mom group. Yeah. The, was it the Thursday mom group? Yeah. Thursday yeah. babies mm-hmm. mom group. And um, then we kind of branched off a little bit mm-hmm. and did our own things. But I have to say it was a total lifeline for me. Because I didn't, I don't have anybody. (laughs) And I had this little baby and I'm a first time mom. 
And you were a first-time mom. Mary Rose was. Megan was a second-time mom. And so we were all kind of hanging on to each other. Yeah. You know, trying to get through these. Is this normal? Yeah. Is, is this what's happening? Yeah. Is normal? Like, Are you sleeping? Oh, no. Okay, good. Neither am I. <laughs> Are they driving you crazy? Yeah. 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 Okay, good. No idea. So that's how we met. And and then you I just wanted you to tell a little bit about your story about (gasps) I know. That's scary. Um, becoming a single mom. Because that was not the plan. That was not the plan. I that's never the plan. Yeah. No, it's not. Um, okay, well, do you want me to start with, like, River or, like... Well, I think... Or more, like, the postpartum stuff? Yeah, postpartum stuff. Yeah, because that was more relevant to River than it was with Willow. Mm -hmm. I don't think I experienced, strangely enough, considering the situation that I was in, Mm -hmm. um, I didn't have the same symptoms. Yeah, talk about postpartum symptoms for those who may be struggling with with this just what you personally went through um well also there's like context involved so there's some major transitions happening um during the time that river was born um his father was transitioning from owning a business to now consulting for a business you know a business that he grew from the ground up so i think for um A lot of stress, financial stress, and also like identity stress, you know, Mm -hmm. building a business from the ground up and then, you know, kind of having it not be there anymore, I think was just like, who am I now? Yeah. So dealing with that and also a week after River was born, we were moving up country. That's right. Um, Big move. Huge. And literally just like moving in as the house was getting finished. Um, And then... Yeah. And then breastfeeding issues. I had mastitis like twice, like 105 degree temperature, just not knowing what was going on. The father working, I think like 80 plus hours a week. So me being alone in a new place where I didn't know anyone. Um, So it was very lonely. It was very scary. Um, The midwife that I had worked with had talked to me briefly about symptoms of um, postpartum depression and she was amazing Um, and so was my doula but she had mentioned like there might be a point in time where um, you might want to um (laughs) so yeah she because you had a home birth I did have yeah one was on purpose and the other one was accidental (laughs) but actually the accidental one went way better than the (laughs) The purposeful one. <laughs> yeah, that's So right. that just goes to show, like, you know, what you plan for. You never know. You just never know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so the midwife had said um, there might be a point in time where you might want to, like, throw your kid out the window. Oh, like, you might want to feel like you want to do that. And just the thought of her telling me that was just like, there's no way. Like, mm-hmm. you know, in my head it was like rainbows and butterflies and, you know, long flowy dresses and rocking chairs and singing sweet lullabies <laughs> which was not the case at all um, i'm sure you had a few sweet moments no there's a lot yeah. of sweet moments yeah. but you know there was and there was also a, a lot of anxious and just intolerable moments and yeah. not because of river it right. was what was happening in my body which i had no idea the hormones right yeah 
the hormones, which is like every woman's life, just hormones. <laughs> hormones surging just, all the time. It's insane. But mine started, I went through like this phase the first five days after birth. The first week was just like I was in heaven, like just floating, just so happy. I never wanted to let go of River, just smelling his head, going from smelling his head to like smelling his mouth. Like I just like, I couldn't leave his face. Yeah, it's like that puppy, you know, when everyone says puppies have really like sweet breath. Yeah. You heard that? Yeah. Yeah. It's similar with newborns. Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, And I think it's, I I don't know, like, uh, physiologically, if it has, like, some sort of survival behind it, like, Mm -hmm. for survival purposes. But so anyhow, after we moved up to Kula and their father started working, I I started to feel like a shift. Mm -hmm. And the shift came from, like, extreme anxiety, just constantly just... Um, not wanting to let go of my child, but also being exhausted from holding him all the time, afraid that like he would roll over the wrong way and, you know, uh, suffocate himself and just, just thoughts, just nonstop. Yeah. Um, yeah. The thought that something is going to happen to your baby while they're sleeping is can torment moms. Yeah. I mean, constantly checking in on him. Um, but also just being frustrated that like, I felt like I was a bottle, you know, just, mm-hmm. which happens a lot when you breastfeed, you know, it's a comfort thing for the kids and, you know, they, a lot of times use you as a way to go to sleep and that's just part of it. It's hard. Yeah. Um, and just all the feelings, like the good, the bad, and just being frustrated that nothing was black or white. And I just wanted like, you know, my expectations to be met and have some answers. And, um, but my anxiety was like through the roof. Mm. Um, and yeah, not being able to sleep, waking up in the middle of the night, feeling like I'd run a marathon, checking my heart rate was like 110 beats per minute, resting heart rate, (laughs) (laughs) just like panting, having nightmares, um, and just drastic, um, weight loss. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. at the time when I finally got checked and did the blood work, I was like five pounds below my pre-birth weight. So I think it was like 105 pounds. Oh I looked scary. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, it was, it was really alarming, but you know, at a, and, and suicidal thoughts, I really mm. want to put that out there. Cause yeah. I, I thought about that a lot because I didn't, I just couldn't understand what was happening with me. It was just really overwhelming. And I was afraid to talk to anybody about it. Yeah. That's um, a big fear. Yeah, because you don't want people to think that you're crazy or them not understand. Um, and you hear a lot of moms who experience postpartum challenges say, like, they're afraid to, you know, talk vulnerably about what they're feeling for fear that their child might be taken away or mm-hmm. that they might be classified as, like, psychotic or... Um, yeah. So yeah. you, you I, I was able to kind of talk to my therapist about mm-hmm. it, but still I was I was afraid. Still scared. Still scared. So when did you finally go to your doctor and say, Hey, look, <clears throat> I think I need some help or what how did that Yeah. Happen? So in my mind I was like, Okay, this is it. I'm gonna go to the doctor and if I don't get answers I'm I'm leaving. Like I was done. <laughs> Getting on a plane. Yeah. And- no, no, like I was checking out. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh. like really checking out. Oh, jeez. So I went to, I I was in Kula 
And I was seeing Dr. Alice Voboda, who no longer is on island, but she was an amazing, amazing mm -hmm. uh, family practitioner. Mm -hmm. And I went in and I was just bawling. She's mm -hmm. like, what's the matter? I was like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I feel like I'm crazy. Help me, please. I can't explain what's happening, but something's really wrong. Yeah. And she was like, okay, well, we'll just run some blood tests. Mm -hmm. And she ran the blood test. And not even like an hour or two later, she called me. She goes, something's really wrong. Your thyroids are really messed up. You need to get in to see a specialist. Like right now, um, it could get potentially worse. Mm -hmm. So in that, hearing that, I felt a huge relief. Yeah, because she pinpointed something. She pinpointed something. Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily, so I'm still confused about it right now even. Mm -hmm. It wasn't necessarily postpartum depression, but it was something called postpartum hyperthyroidism. Oh, okay. So an overactive thyroid. Okay. Which mimics postpartum psychosis. Okay. So uh, everyone who's listening, these signs that Leslie's talking about, it could be a hormone thing yeah. and it could literally be an organ in your body freaking out. Yeah. It could be. And, and either one is completely valid and you should still get checked out. Yeah. Yeah. And thoroughly checked out. And yeah. it could also be like how long you're breastfeeding, like hormonal drops when you stop breastfeeding, like mm -hmm. so many things. And that's why it's important to get like a really good checkup afterwards and before. Yeah. Get screening before. So when you're, um, oh my gosh, not your doula, your midwife. Midwife. Yeah. When she talked to you about the signs and she did follow up appointments, like her follow up appointments. Was she done with seeing you when this started, or did she? Um, Cause I no, she she saw me mm -hmm. during, and I I was bad, like I yeah. cried, but she kind of, I don't think she even understood the extent of what I was feeling because okay. I wasn't, I was too scared. Okay, you were too scared to even talk to her, really. I was too scared to talk to anyone yeah. about it. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because I know when I went to my postpartum appointments with my OB, they would they give you this survey. A horrible survey, uh, by the way, which is so generic. And <laughs> it's, like, it's it's the worst. It makes you just be like, all right, just I, check, 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 check. Yeah. And but I will say it is a horrible survey because the questions, I don't know, I felt like how are you uh, feeling? Yeah. Like it's, I forget what the questions are, but yeah. I looked at it and wanted yeah. to cry. I was like, yeah. this is yeah, yeah, terrible. So anyways, use that as a jumping off point to like, if you can, to express what's going on, even though the survey stinks. I mean, I wouldn't even feel safe talking to an OB about it because they don't even seem when they, when you go in for your six weeks. I think it depends on your OB. Like mine was really amazing. Really? Who was, yeah. who was it? Um... Dr. Amerman? Casey. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We yeah. all like Dr. Casey. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Dr. Casey. Yes, we love thank you. you. Um, yeah, no, he he was great. Yeah. So I've heard really good I things mean, about him. I mean, I think him. that just goes to show that as women, we have to have providers that we trust. Mm -hmm. Because if we don't trust them with this growing a new life and going through this complete metamorphosis of not just our bodies, but our whole life, bringing a new life in the world. We don't trust them with our physical well-being and our mental well-being. I mean, there's a problem. Yeah. And I think the need to normalize, mm -hmm. you know, that childbirth or like yeah. what motherhood looks like after, mm -hmm. which is not all like rainbows and lollipops. No, it's not getting back into your 
skinny jeans after four weeks. It's not, you know, yeah, it's, it's not your baby sleeping through the night. It's not. (laughs) And you're not even like, the crazy thing is, is you can love your child and um, miss the life you had before. Mm -hmm. You can love your child and not want to be with your, you like, it can, I was telling you this on the phone the other day. It's Mm -hmm. not just black and white. There's a lot of, There's so many feelings involved, and all of them are valid. It doesn't mean that you love your child less. It just means that, like, hey, it's okay to mourn and grief the life you had before. Yeah, you, this, this child. is a big change. It's everything. It's just, like, engulfs <laughs> exactly. your entire life. Exactly. It's totally everything. Yeah. Yeah. So then you got your um, postpartum hypothyroid mm-hmm. medicine? No. So or? I got checked out. So I was 10 months into this oh, before wow. I before yeah. I, this was figured out. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah, it is tough. It was really rough on their father who um, – I remember when he came to the appointment and the specialist was like, do you feel like um, – what was his question? Something like, do you feel like she went crazy a little bit? And he was like, is this a trick question? <laughs> Should I answer this? Uh, is, am I protected by anything if I say Can yes? I run out of here if I say the wrong thing? Yeah, so – it made me feel so good to just hear like what I was experiencing was a direct result of my thyroids just being crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so he did recommend, or he said, you can do one of a few things. You can take this medicine, but you have to stop breastfeeding. And as a new mom, I was like, I'm not going to stop. You know, I was like so stubborn and I yeah. wish I would have been less stubborn. I wish I would have just been okay with like, all right, I'll breastfeed some of the time, and the other time I'll just give him some formula. Like, it's mm-hmm. no big deal. Um, but I would have had to stop breastfeeding altogether, and I didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one was uh, uh, CBD oil, mm-hmm. um, which I had considered, um, but I didn't. And he was he had told me anyway, like, it's basically on its way out, so you can do nothing to, and, you oh, know, I- it, it'll fizzle out. Oh, okay. Which yeah. it, I don't. I never felt it leaving my body, mm-hmm. exercised out of my body. Yeah. Um, like I had felt it dropping in. Mm. But yeah, it eventually evened out. But it was very traumatic. Yeah. I oh. very, very, very traumatic for I think everyone involved. You know, that's, you mentioned the <clears throat> breastfeeding thing. And I think that's one thing as new moms we think is just going to go perfectly and go smoothly and yeah. for just, some it does for some it does it did just, not for me it <laughs> at I all. mean my child was a preemie so we had a little bit of a rough go yeah at the start because she just was so small and mm. they were like you're she's not ready for that so we had to do pumping and bottles and all of that and then eventually she got big enough and she could mm-hmm. but um you know it there's a little bit of a stigma attached to not breastfeeding right and if your health, your physical health is being compromised, I feel moms, they, they judge themselves. Yeah. You know? And there's quite a lot of judging from other moms yeah. too, which we need to stop doing that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, no one's walking in your shoes and experiencing what you're experiencing. If a mom is not mentally well, their child's not going to be okay. Yeah. So the most important thing is to support the mom so she can be the best mom for mm-hmm. that child. Mm-hmm. And if that means you know, breastfeeding alone, great. If that means formula feeding alone, great. If that means mixing, whatever, like the mom needs to be well so she can 
be good for her baby. Exactly. And I, I think fed is best. So yeah, I'm with you on that. Even though I breastfed, I, I say like, if you're not doing well, like do what makes you good so exactly. you can sleep well, eat well sh- and show up how you would like to show up for your family and for your child. Yeah, exactly. I'm in agreement with that. I mean, and you know, you and I both breastfed for mm-hmm. years. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I still, you know, Willow still kind of like gets in there and is like, Hmm, <laughs> <laughs> what's going on in there? Anything? No. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. So, okay. So that kind of worked itself out. Um, but I will tell people still get checked out. And if for you sure. need to get on medication, that should not be an issue either. Yeah. No. Yeah. And you know what? You don't need to share that information with anyone because um, that's personal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know a lot of moms that do take, you know, antidepressants or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I can't speak eloquently or educationally on the topic, mm-hmm. um, but I know some women that, yeah. that can. Um, and I'll have those resources for you. But yeah, if you go and get checked out, you know, um, and you feel like the best decision for you is to take medicine, then do that. Yeah, no. and it doesn't mean it's forever. No, it doesn't know, mean it's forever. It, it's, it could just be a short season to help you get over this hump of a completely huge life change. Yeah. Which is becoming a parent. <laughs> yeah, and finding support. Finding support. Finding support is huge because yep. um, you can feel really isolated, confused, and I think sleep exhaustion can make you slightly delusional, and so your head starts to, you know, mm-hmm. trip out a little bit. And um, so finding yeah. a really good support. For me, it was going to therapy a few times a week, mm-hmm. um, my friends, um, mm-hmm. and just being around people. Yeah. And we had actually a postpartum doula, too, for a little while. Okay. Yeah. Um, who delivered Willow. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who's pregnant right now? She's awesome. Oh. <laughs> She's amazing. She's amazing. Hi, Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Natalie. Natalie. Yeah. Well, when we come back, we're going to take a quick little break. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk about your single mom journey. Oh, and boy. we're going to talk about, do we even like the term single mom? Right. You know, that. stay tuned. It's going to get good. All right. <laughs> we'll be back. Dear Bestie is sponsored by iTeach Hawaii, providing quality teachers for Hawaii's keiki. iTeach is an online teacher certification program with ongoing personal support from their program advisors. Their mission is simple, to produce high-quality teachers through a streamlined alternative certification process. Go to iTeach.net for more information. Want to host your own radio talk show? You can. Once every month, KAKU 88.5 FM offers an introduction to radio class at Akaku Plaza at 333 Dairy Road in Kahului. This introduction to radio will get your feet wet and show you what you need to do to get started. Interested? Call us at 871-5554 for more information and registration. Saturday night at 8 and Sunday night at 9 on KAKU 88.5 FM, we experience dead air. Not that kind of dead air. We're talking Grateful Dead. Grateful Dead music for an entire hour. Saturday night at 8 and Sunday night at 9 with me, Corey Daniels, on KAKU 88.5 FM. How's it? I'm Brother Tony from the local show. 
KKU is one listener-supported station. That means that all the kind shows you hear, like me, are sponsored by you, the listener, as well as our underwriters. If you would like to help keep a voice of Maui talking loud and clear like that, go to kkufm.org/donate and give today, and don't miss the local show Monday through Thursdays live at 1 p.m. on 88.5 FM, the Voice of Maui. You make sure his toys don't have any sharp edges. You taught her what to do when the smoke alarm goes off and to wear a helmet when she rides her bicycle. You do so much to keep your child safe. But are you using the right car seat for your child? Car crashes are a leading killer of children ages 1 to 13. Protect your child's future at every stage of life. For information on the right seat for your child, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. All right, we're back. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Leslie's over here on Instagram Live, so, you know, we're just on all the platforms today. Um, Okay, so, Leslie, when you got pregnant with your second sweet little cherub, that was kind of when things got even more nuts. (laughs) It it got a little wild. A little wild. A little wild. And I, I thought I'd hope you would share whatever you're comfortable sharing mm-hmm. about that part of your journey. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I found out I was pregnant with Willow when um, we were on vacation. And I was 10 months or 10 or 11, 10 months postpartum with River. So about the time that I found out I was on my way out to being better from <laughs> hyperthyroid. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> And, um, you know, the relationship I was in with their father was already pretty on the rocks and had been for a while. And then you add, like, this whole huge life transition that he was going through and this very confusing time for us postpartum, and then boom. It wasn't – it's not like we didn't want to get pregnant. We decided to, Mm -hmm. weirdly enough. We're like, (laughs) you know what? It's crazy right now around the rocks, but let's make let's another baby. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Let's just add to the craziness, which is basically like a summary of our relationship. <laughs> but I'm so glad we did um, yeah. because I... Well, you can't imagine your life without him now. No, no. I can't. Yeah. But, I imagine breaks. But back then, it was... <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. And so four months into my pregnancy, I made the decision to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, for reasons I won't get in on here, but um, I thought that the best thing to do um, was to just leave the relationship. Mm -hmm. And it was not well thought out at all. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't stash money away or prepare. Like, I was just like, I'm done. It was not like they do it in the movies. No. You know, where... Well, maybe it was kind of like the movies. Well, maybe a little, but, you know, it's not like you went to a family member and they, like, went out in their garden and unearthed a tin of, like, thousands of dollars. And they're like, here, go start over. It did not happen like that. It didn't. Um, It was not well received, which, you know, obviously no one wants to hear especially when you're pregnant with your second. It's just like, I didn't even want to, but I just felt like I had no choice at that point. So yeah, I, it was around, uh, end of November. And I remember because I went and stayed at a friend's house, um, for about a week, um, who he was living on Maui, um, with his wife, um, for a couple years, a childhood friend of mine. 
So thank God um, he let me stay with them. And then during that time, I kind of reflected. I was like, maybe I do want to work this out. But something deep inside me was like, this is just not going to. Yeah. And it didn't. <clears throat> and so, yeah, that's how my single mom, whatever, you know, um, journey began. And it was rough, you guys. I recommend, I don't know, <laughs> doing it differently than I did because it was rough. Yeah. And so for a while, though, you were living in a homeless shelter. Yeah. 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 And I remember this so vividly. And you guys, there was something about that time for you, though, that I, that you shared that I'd love for you to talk about because... You know, me think, okay, I told you guys I'm so naive with a lot of things. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is going to be the worst thing ever for her and her son. And honestly, you kind of created a little community over there. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when you're in a, so I didn't go straight to the homeless shelter. I was lucky enough to find um, a couple who lived in town who welcomed me into their home, but unfortunately got caught in the crossfire of all the drama. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually they were like, look, this is way too much for us. You need to you need to go, which I'm not upset with them about it. I understand. Yeah. Um, they were very gracious and kind with me and patient. And um, But at that time it was just like, okay, well, what do I do? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I went to the homeless shelter and, you know, I don't know what their policy is on single moms and pregnancy, but basically it was just like, well, there's no room right now, but we'll let you know. And you have to be like, you have to get a, a letter from where you're living saying that you're being evicted. Um, so I had to get them to write me a letter saying like, we're asking you to leave um, and you have to be homeless for 24 hours. So I was like, okay, I'm going to have to sleep in my car with my kids for 24 hours, which is nuts. Scary. I didn't have to do that, you guys. I'm lucky enough, like a spot opened up. Yeah. And I took it right away. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the the homeless shelter, the the one in Wailuku, it's right by the jail, um, turned out to be like one of the m- most surprising gifts that mm. I had. I met some incredible people. They were so sweet to me and the children. I felt safe there. I never felt like I felt emotionally safe. Mm-hmm. Um, they were they were very kind of like they wrapped us in like this blanket of kindness and love and patience. And um, yeah, I felt I felt good there. And I didn't feel like I would have to worry about where I would live next. And yeah, it was really it yeah. was a really positive experience actually yeah which amazing that that happened for you Mm -hmm. you know that there was some comfort there was community there were other moms and dads and kids yeah you know river could play yeah no he (laughs) made i mean and rivers just loves everyone anyway so he would just go out and make friends and um which is really funny because i went from living a pretty luxurious lifestyle Mm -hmm. you know like you've been to my house and really nice vacations and to going to the homeless shelter which um was very humbling yeah but I wasn't I I had kind of surrendered at that point I was just like look like I don't want to lose my children Mm -hmm. I'm I'm pregnant right now like this could turn against me and I might you know have a miscarriage or something I need to just be okay with where I'm at Mm -hmm. and um 
and it turned out to be a really good I met some incredible people made some friendships and yeah yeah so I wanted you to share all that because I know there are some moms out there who maybe are in some bad situations and they are scared you know they're scared of to leave they're scared to stay and they're scared to leave you know they're just stuck in these impossible situations and sometimes you just have to take that first step yeah and then you know for financial reasons too living on Maui it's so expensive we all know um it's just it's gut-wrenching how expensive it is here Mm -hmm. so and I've spoken to a couple moms who have said you know I've considered it but for financial reasons I'm staying put yeah (laughs) yeah And um, I understand that, yeah. and I don't judge that, and yeah. it's just that, you know. I tend to be kind of like um, I'm an emotional person, and I, I can't lie to myself in that sense. When something doesn't feel right, it doesn't feel right, and yeah. it didn't feel right to stay, and yeah. probably I could have prepared a little bit more or talked to my therapist more about it, but I was just like, that's it, you know. That's it. I got to do this, and... Yeah. I'm not out of the woods yet, per se, but I'm, I feel like I'm a much better person today for doing that and for taking that road. Yeah, and being and going through something that difficult, yeah. has it made you less fearful in your life, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> I honestly, I don't know. I mean, I'm, like, I'm not scared of going back to the homeless shelter if that needs to happen. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, less fearful... To make decisions or about where your life's going to go. Because that's kind of, I guess most people would see that as really kind of the bottom. Yeah. And you experience that. Yeah. And so it's like, do you kind of have the thought, well, it's only up from here kind of a thing? No. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. No, no. No, no. I'm just putting my own thoughts into your head, which are clearly incorrect. <laughs> well, now it's a little scary, actually, because my kids are older. Mm. You know, so, um, and no, it's, it's still just as scary. I think when you have kids, transitions, scary things, it's still really, really hard and you're constantly worrying, like, can I provide enough? And yeah. 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 So no, yeah. Well, (laughs) I wish I had them. I I wish I did. Well, okay. So you got out of the homeless shelter and then you had Willow. I did. And then. You got on a, a couch and then you got a place. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you're a little bit more settled at mm-hmm. this apartment and all that. And, you know, you and, um, your co-parent work things out, you know, so you kind of have a little bit of normalcy where the kids are with you and then they're with him. Yeah. And, and it's almost 50, yeah. 50. I have them four nights a week. He has them three nights a week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Which is really nice. Yeah. So that kind of brought us into our discussion we had off the air about being a single mom. Yeah. And having a co-parent. And you had some really good thoughts about that. I did. Yeah. Just about you don't necessarily feel like a single mom because you get time off. Yeah. But And talk, child support. And child support. So yeah. talk a little bit about that. So I... And there's a lot of like guilt and shame around it because I have some girlfriends who are actually legit single moms. Shout out to you because I admire and am inspired by you. I do not know how you do it without losing your mind. I think mm-hmm. we said like when you just have to do it, you just do, you it. Just do it. You're mm-hmm. in survival mode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, the, the father and I split 
you know, we have split custody, basically, and he does his part in terms of paying the child support, you know, which is very normal. Yeah. It's not going above and beyond. I'm just going to say that because a lot of moms think that, you know, it's an amazing thing, and it's not. It's a normal thing to do, okay? Yeah. So we're not handing out awards. <laughs> it's just normal. Um, but, yeah, so it's it's incredible what having time off from your kids does for your soul, your mind, your emotions. I feel like I know myself better today than before I had kids. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, if you're in a healthy relationship, you know, like you had mentioned, you can still have that opportunity because you have a supportive partner who wants to see you thrive and right. Mm -hmm. And which my case that that wasn't, you know, happening. So um, now that I have time uh, away from my children, which I'm very grateful for. It doesn't mean I love them any less. It just means like this is intense. Yeah. Pause. Yeah. Um, but you can't because you, you and you don't want to take away the fact that them spending time with their dad is super positive. It's enormous. Yeah. yeah. They need their dad. And, yeah. Whether so. the father and I get along or not is nothing to do with the children. That's mm-hmm. a completely different facet. Um, yeah. And so I'm so glad that their dad is on island. I'm so glad that he's available for them. Um, they love their father. They're so stoked. Um, they'll ask to call him when they're with me and I'm glad that we have that open line of communication for them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So in terms of single parenting, I I honestly, I go back and forth all the time. I don't feel like a single parent. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I do because it gets intense, but you know, I do have my co-parent there. We don't co-parent the best. (laughs) And you know, it's it's a work in progress. (laughs) There's ebbs and flows. Um, there's stuff that we still need to work through, but he's there. Mm -hmm. And if something were to happen with the children, he would be there. Yeah. You know, and I think that's amazing. Yeah. Because I know some dads that are just completely vacant and unavailable. And yeah, yeah they've either abandoned their kids or they're just, yeah, mm-hmm. they're not, they don't care. No. And that's they, really, really or they, sad. You know, it's not that they don't care. I think, I, I mean, they may. I could just be projecting, but a lot of fears and stuff comes up when you have children, especially like past traumas. Mm-hmm. And they can get you where you least expect it and then you don't know how to handle it so you freeze Mm -hmm. so it's not necessarily that they might not care they just don't know how to parent because they weren't parented themselves yeah and it's like rehashing your trauma redealing with it and that's when you reach out and go to therapy and you know but I think it's harder for men I agree yeah and it's not like you get parenting parenting classes I mean it's not like everyone's doing stuff like that no I mean there's probably resources out there but I mean I didn't go to a class to tell me how to be a mom well and then you (laughs) you every child is different every mom is different so how do you be how do you be how do you be (laughs) that (laughs) is that actually grammatically correct how do you be you can't there are no books there's not enough books that could be you know because yeah there's no formula. There's no algorithm. You just learn as you go. And you, what you learn is to just release all expectations, which it's, for some people like myself is really hard. Oh, I think that's hard for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Because you think you look at this child and you're like, well, you're totally different than what I was thinking you were going to be. Right. And I'm totally different yeah. than I what I thought. I thought I was going to be like patience for days i have patience for like a minute and then i need a break i thought i was gonna be like mary poppins and 
No. No. I'm like didn't. her her no. bad sister. I, like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, but I mean, shout out to you, actually, for, because having, even though you only have your kids half the time, it's still, you're doing it mm-hmm. full time that half of the time. Yeah. You know, so. But I have amazing friends. And, yes. Um, my close girlfriend, Brooklyn, who lives in the same uh, complex as I do, she has two little girls who are exactly the same age as my boys. And we met two years ago. And she is a full, legit single mom. Mm-hmm. Like, does it completely on her own. Um, but we met each other, and obviously we connected through kids. And it was just like, oh, you're a single mom, you're, you know. And... um yeah, it's turned out to be one of the biggest blessings in my life um, because our kids are basically like Hanai brothers and sisters, and yeah. her and I are just a huge support for one another. Yeah. Um, I, you... yeah. Well, I love your relationship with her because <laughs> it's so sweet. And watching you guys on, you know, Instagram, the kids are just like in love with each other. They are. You know, like yeah. brother and sister, like you said. And you guys really do help each other. A lot. A lot. A lot. Yeah. Thank God. I mean, every week in each other's life and business. (laughs) Up up in each other's business. Yeah. Yeah. I think about like three or four days a week we're, you know, sometimes more Mm -hmm. together. At least we see each other. So, yeah, Yeah. it's like legit family. Yeah. You know, Um, and that's huge. I mean, you, although you and I don't see each other that much. Mm Obviously, I'm on your dear bestie show, so Hello. that must mean something. Hello. Um, Taylor. Yeah. But, Taylor. like, Leslie will call me. She's one <laughs> of the few friends who will actually pick up the phone and not just text, but call me. And I love it because I'm like, nobody calls me. This is amazing. And <laughs> then she's like, I need your advice. <laughs> yeah. I do. You were actually a big help during school when I was doing biblical class, which I rolled my eyes at, you know, during the time because I don't consider myself a a religious person, Mm -hmm. but I knew I could talk to you about it openly without feeling judged or... Yeah. So that was really cool. That was fun. Um, But yeah, you're always kind of like a... um, What's the word? Like, I can go to you and I feel like you're very sound advice, you know, like your relationship goals, you and Barry... (laughs) I mean, seriously, you guys, they've been together for like ever. Yeah. Well, and healthy, yes. very healthy relationship and just, you know, what you would want a relationship to look like, I guess. Yeah. Or I, what I would want. Yeah. Except when we fight and then we don't talk to each other and then we, we make up later. <laughs> I feel like that happens in all relationships, even friendships, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, but I love that you, so... As far as like being a single mom and get having that support system around you, what, um, how have you and Brooklyn made that work as far as just like a lot of communication? Yeah, I mean, we talk every day. A schedule. Basically. Yeah. yeah. So depending on when she works, mm-hmm. you know, she texts in with me weekly. Can mm-hmm. you watch the girls? And yeah, it's actually sometimes easier to have her daughters at my house because. Um, I keep, promise I'm keep, a good parent. Keep the boys in check. Yeah. You should hear it. Sometimes, like, River will, like, shout at London, and London goes, don't shout in my face. Oh, you know, like good she'll, girl. Oh, yeah. No, she's, you know, and then River comes out, and he's all, like, bummed, and I'm just like, dude, you know, you she's just letting you know how it is. And 
I just sit there and watch the madness unfold. And yeah. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> time to eat, <laughs> bath time, bedtime, let's go. let's go. So it's actually sometimes a huge reprieve to have two extra. So instead of two kids, four of them, because mm-hmm. they just kind and of take care of each other. And have a little playmate. Yeah. Yeah, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. So grateful for that. So, yes. Mm-hmm. So we were talking a little bit about self-care when you and I were chatting and we both decided self-care when you're in survival mode is just that it, that's not even a thing. No. And I think there's a lot of pressure around that. I've spoken to a couple moms where it's just like, I just can't do it right now. Like I hate yeah. seeing all these IG posts about self-care and bubble baths. And it's like, <laughs> come on, really? Like I can't even step into the bathroom without my child falling apart. Like, right. Yeah. No, I think self-care looks different for a lot of people. Self-care sometimes looks like bubble baths. Other times it looks just like sleeping an extra 10 minutes or doing your laundry Taking or tidying up the house. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah. it's vastly different for everyone. Yeah. And, and the idea of, you know, dealing with your trauma later, mm-hmm. is that something you've talked about? Yeah, I mean, I still, um, I'm still in therapy. So Mm -hmm. I've been with my therapist. Actually, I haven't talked to her in a while, but it was, I think, like around eight years. Mm -hmm. So I met her when I originally met my children's father. And so she's the cool thing about being in therapy that long is they remind you of like how far you've come. The ride. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. God bless her. <laughs> I love you, Debbie. Um, and neurofeedback therapy has been probably hands down the fastest form of therapy, which has um, helped me deal with my post-traumatic stress. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so yeah, just continuing therapy. And it's mm-hmm. not rehashing your trauma because that can sometimes re-traumatize you. It's how to put tools in your toolbox and how to deal with, you know, the present moment, which is parenting and like patience and recognizing triggers and all these things. So it's just really, and I mean, honestly, I would recommend therapy to everyone, but that's because I'm just a huge advocate of therapy anyway, but just to have a neutral uh, voice in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Outside of your friends, outside, you know, somebody who just, Yeah. someone who doesn't have an agenda for how you they just want you to show up yeah yeah Yeah, and be a better version of yourself hello like (laughs) no brainer okay (laughs) i'll come i brought my kids with me on saturday you guys i couldn't find anybody to watch them and we ended up playing a um a board game called consequences so, cause I was telling her, I was like, I am struggling with consequences. Like I don't feel heard. I sit and I tell my four-year-old like what I want and he acknowledges it. And then two seconds later, it's like doing it again. And then I'm shouting and I'm yelling and I, there's, I feel shame about it. And you know, she's like, okay, you have to like expectations, you know, recognize where your children are developmentally. She's like, and let's play a game. And my son loves board games. So we sat there and played a board game, all four of us. She's like, but just so you know, you do present as a very tired and overwhelmed mom. And I was sitting on the couch. I was like. (laughs) Falling asleep. I was like, what? I was like, I am so tired. Sorry, were you talking to me? I was just taking a micro nap. (laughs) I was like, can I lay on the couch while you play with my kids? I was like, I'll really appreciate it. But it was cool because then my my son, you know, I tell him, I was like, okay, mom's going to the head doctor. <laughs> That's what I tell him. I'm going to the um, head doctor so I can be a better mom. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And he asked me, he's like, so when are we going back to see your head doctor? <laughs> 
know what? And, you know, living as an example, like normalizing talking about difficult emotions. And Mm -hmm. if I can do that, you know, that gives him the space to feel like, okay, I don't have to hide anything. I can talk about and especially as a little boy, yeah, you know, I want him to be in touch with his feelings and um, recognize and be able to, like, reach out when he needs to. So, yeah, growing up and being able to say, I'm feeling this. Yeah. This is what's going on with me is huge. Yeah. I mean, you're helping to shape a new generation of boys. Yeah. That... We'll hopefully be no able pressure. To have, no, <laughs> no <laughs> pressure. No, but that we'll hopefully be able to grow up and have that intimacy with a partner. Yeah, that you know, be healthy intimacy. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and that starts with understanding your feelings and talking about them. right and living as as like uh, an example. You know, yeah. and yeah. I don't do it perfectly. Like not even oh, man. close. No, who does? I mean, There's... and I don't know if it's the mom guilt. Because I know before I had children, I was just like, I don't, you know, whatever. (laughs) 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 Whatever. Um, But now when you have, like, four little eyes just constantly checking you out, and I don't even think I realize the extent of how much they're observing me. Um, But, you know, I just want to live as an example to the best of my ability and owning up to my mistakes. Oh, yeah. Because that, that's a big one. I constantly, I feel like I'm constantly apologizing, but not like in a way, uh, I don't know how to, just enough. Not like, for, hey, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. But no, no. you're acknowledging, hey, yeah, I my, did this yeah. and I want to apologize to you. And so that will eventually give him the space and yeah. the room to feel like, oh, mom makes mistakes, I can make mistakes and it's okay and I can have a conversation about it. Because you guys, I make mistakes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? You know what? When people ask me about my dad, I'm like, the one thing I do remember about him is he would apologize to my, me. Yeah, my parents didn't. Yeah, my dad Sorry, was, mom. No. Sorry, dad. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. No, my dad, he would he would say, hey, I'm really sorry. I mean, he'd like totally freak out. And then right. we would have, you know, we'd. That's huge yeah. for a but, child to hear an apology from a their, yeah. the person that they admire yes. and like look up yes. to, you know, who can do no, make no mistakes. It's yeah. like, I made a mistake and it's yeah. like, really? I made a mistake and I'm sorry. And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that just makes you more human mm-hmm. and more relatable. And I, I believe like your child will want, hopefully will want to like. And it's never too late to do that. To say I'm sorry? Yeah. No. What, it's, what's that song? <laughs> It's too late to apologize. (laughs) It's not too late to apologize. It's not too late. (laughs) How did I know you were thinking of that one? Because it's like that one. It's the one. It's the one. It's the one. Yeah. Okay, so you have some resources you wanted to tell our listeners about. Yeah, so regarding uh, postpartum um, challenges, I have these two wonderful women um, on Instagram um, who just launched a pilot study. So to basically redo the postpartum, the six-week postpartum checkup. Mm. because Get like, rid we have, of the bad survey. Get rid of the bad survey and really yeah. like, I mean, this, the statistics that they share on their Instagram is kind of really sad, like mm. especially in terms of like suicide rates. Like, oh, I think, my gosh. Yeah, so um, their names are Rachel and Amanda. Rachel's uh, Instagram handle is this underscore postpartum underscore life. 
And then Amanda's is Find a Mom Like Me. And their website that they just launched for the pilot study is, uh, oh, shoot, I think it's Any Mommy. We'll link to it if you can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll link to it on the Dear Bestie Facebook page and uh-huh. Instagram page and the show notes and let people know where to go. Right. And then I was also, I had been, um, I, when I was in school, I just couldn't, I didn't have the headspace for it. But now that I have a little bit more time, I've been interested in starting like a postpartum group, not only for women, but for families, mm-hmm. just because I think it's a family it could be a family crisis. It is. And it's not just women. You guys, dads go through yeah. huge changes too. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would be interested to see if there's any uh, therapists on island that would be interested in, you know, joining together and offering that um, for families and moms. Mm-hmm. Or if anybody had any ideas of spaces or if moms in general were interested but you see a lot of that on the um, Maui Moms Facebook page. A lot of women always saying, like, is uh, what I'm feeling normal? Yeah, like, yeah. So I, yeah. I think there is a niche, like, uh, a space for that here on island, and I would yeah. love to do that, offer that. Yeah, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Just having more resources out there, knowing you're not alone, because you're not alone. No, <laughs> no, like no. not. I mean... I mean, if we haven't normalized anything for you today... <laughs> It's insane. It's insane. Yeah. So we will link all those resources um, on our Facebook and our Instagram after the show. And Leslie, thank you. Yeah. Hey, I didn't curse. Yay! <laughs> you guys, <laughs> Julia was freaking out because I have a potty mouth, you guys. She did great. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. And we will see you next time. Bye. Dear Bestie is sponsored by I Teach Hawaii providing quality teachers for Hawaii's keiki. iTeach.net for more information. See you next week, friend. Do you have a non-profit event coming up that you would like the public to know about? Is there an important social issue for which you'd like to raise awareness? Akaku can help you get the word out. You can come in and record a one-minute public service announcement for the subject of your choice at no cost to you. Slots are available Mondays and Wednesdays between 1 and 3. Remember, it's free, so call 871-5554 and reserve your spot today. The 50s, the 60s, the 70s. Hi, this is Steve Summers welcoming you aboard the Oldies Time Machine right here on KAKU. Enjoy special features like the Diner Tune, the Motown Memory, the Doo-Wopper, and the Elvis Moment. Come on! Spend an hour inside the Oldies Time Machine Sunday mornings at 1 and 10 a.m. right here on The Voice of Maui, K-A-K-U. The Neutral Zone with me, Jason Schwartz, would like to sincerely thank David Bryan for his support. David was founder and head of school at New Road School in Santa Monica, California, and is the board chair at the Ojai Foundation and on the board for Brave New Films. The Neutral Zone is heard live Mondays at 11 a.m. here on KAKU 88.5 FM, the voice of Maui, and again on Saturdays at 7 a.m., as well as on TV and on MauiNeutralZone.com. Hi, I'm Jason Schwartz, host of The Neutral Zone. KAKU is a listener-supported station. This means that all of the great programs you hear, like mine, are sponsored by you as well as our underwriters. If you would like to help keep the voice of Maui talking loud and clear, go to kakufm.org slash donate today and give. And don't miss the Neutral Zone Mondays at 11 a.m. on 88.5 FM, the voice of Maui. Hey, it's me. 
Your cell phone. We need to talk about something. Something serious. I know you love me. I know you like using me wherever you are. But I feel like this isn't working out when you're driving. I know you may think that it's possible to focus both on me and the road. But I just don't feel the same way. I think we should spend time away from each other when you're driving. It's for the best. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Oh, Captain, my Captain, our fearful trip is done. The ship has weathered every rack. The prize we sought is won. You're listening to Walter Houston recite the words of Walt Whitman in a DECA recording from 1947. And you're on the